This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash checkthelocks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks presents True Crime for the Short on Time. As always, I'm John Connor. And I'm Olivia Cornu. Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, Olivia, it is currently 1221 in the morning. How are you doing? How is your week been? You hanging in there okay? You tell me, John. How am I looking? I feel a little delirious. We just got done recording The Butcher Baker, which was a long case, but I'm doing good and we are hanging in there. And I'm really excited to hear about your short on time. Yeah, I am definitely excited to jump into this. You are doing just fine. I know we're on the struggle bus, but you know what? We're going to make it because I feel like I live on the struggle bus. <laughs> well, you got to find a stop. Get off, man. <laughs> it is time. It is time to get off this bus. Well, Olivia, I can promise you that this episode, it will be a short on time episode. It's going to be a little shorty. I know you're short on time. I'm short on time. As always, the audience is short on time. So I thought we would take a little trip to murder court today. How does that sound? All right. I love murder court. Murder court. So for the folks listening at home, you may remember a few weeks ago, we did a case called A Clown Comes Knocking. And this is my very first short on time update. There's been a break in the case. And so I wanted to talk about that today, just kind of give you that update. So I do want to let you know before you listen to this, if you have not listened to A Clown Comes Knocking, that is episode 40. Feel free to pause this episode, go back and listen to that one, and then hop on over and finish this one up. I will do a brief recap just to make sure that everybody is, you know, caught up to speed on it. But I saw that there had been an update. I was like, this is the perfect thing to do it uh, short on time for. So I don't know if you're ready. Should we just kind of jump on into it? Yeah, I got a um, a text message from a colleague of mine sending me the article about it. And she was like, is this the one that y'all that y'all did recently? And I was like, yep, if it's from the 1990s, it was. Yep. And that is that case. So if you listen to A Clown Comes Knocking, you may remember the murder of Marlene Warren. Now, just a little background. Marlene was a successful businesswoman who owned several rental properties and a used car rental business with her husband, Mike Warren. 
Now, back in 1990, Marlene was home making breakfast for her son and his friends when there was a knock at the door of her Florida home. When she opened the door, she was greeted by a clown wearing an orange wig and a red nose. Their face was painted white and they were holding flowers and balloons. Now, Marlene, who was smiling and surprised, took both of these gifts from the strange clown. But then a gunshot rang out. Marlene was shot in the head at the front door of her home. Now, when we covered this story all those weeks back, we discussed the suspects. And it was believed that Marlene's husband, Mike, was having an affair with an employee. That employee was named Sheila Keen. So as we're going through this, Olivia, is any of this ringing a bell for you? I know, you know, this is about 10 weeks ago, so. Yeah, the picture of the clown in my head definitely rang a bell. I have the same vivid image I made first time. Gotcha. Now, if you listen to the episode, you may remember that police were able to put someone matching Keene's description at a local Publix grocery store purchasing balloons on the day of the murder. And you may also remember that orange fibers were found inside Sheila's home and her vehicle. And those fibers matched the same type of fibers that would have been in a clown's wig. However, back in 1990, the evidence wasn't strong enough. And it would actually be years before Sheila Keene would be charged with a crime. Now, during that time, Sheila actually married Marlene's husband, Mike Warren. And again, just for people who may not remember, they opened a restaurant. They were kind of living their best life together, things like that. Now, the murder took place in 1990. Sheila would not be arrested for the murder until 2017. Now, up until very recently, Sheila had been sitting in prison for six years awaiting trial. And that trial had continually been pushed back. There was a couple of different reasons for that. One, the defense was claiming that they needed more time. You know, this happened in 1990, so they had to go back and re-interview witnesses and things like that. And then COVID happened and that pushed things back as well. But in March of this year, there was another surprising turn. A man came forward saying that his former cellmate, Ed Bear, had confessed to him that he had been paid to murder Marlene Warren. Now, obviously, this is a huge break in the case or a potential huge break in the case. So Ed Bear was brought in for deposition, but his story didn't seem to hold any water. Now, with the trial looming, it was actually supposed to start roughly two weeks from the time of recording this episode. On April 26th, the now 59-year-old Sheila Keen Warren pled guilty to the murder of Marlene Warren. Now, as I said, this is a big deal because this trial, there's been a lot of speculation about it. People have kind of been waiting for it to start. And right before it was slated to begin, this guilty plea came out. Now, upon entering the plea, Judge Scott Suskauer asked, you understand when you leave this room, you can't come back here and change this plea. Sheila Keen Warren replied, yes, sir. So, Olivia, before we go any further, what is sticking out to you? Because to me, I was like, man, it's crazy. You've been waiting six years. And then all of a sudden you're just like, I'm guilty. So is anything sticking out to you? Are you surprised by this at all? Yeah. I mean, this happened in 1990. She got arrested in 2017. She's literally been in prison for six years. The only way that I could see of her pleading guilty is if... I don't know if you've said the sentence or like what that she like other than murder. Like, I wonder what the sentencing will be, because if she's going to get like 15 years and she gets time served, then she'll be out really soon. But like, I can't imagine that like she's pleading guilty to murder and she's not going to get that she's going to get off shorter. So I'm I just don't know why she would after all this time. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because you are right on track with what I was covering here. So at the time of the plea, Sheila's attorney, Greg Rosenfeld, called this a win for his client. He said that this is a huge win for our team. I can't say it enough that when she was arrested, the state of Florida wanted to execute her. This was a death penalty case for 18 months. 
So in 2017, when she was arrested, she was looking at facing the death penalty. And I guess based on like it being pushed back and then it being harder to find witnesses and things of that nature, they dropped it down to a life in prison. So she was looking at originally the death penalty and then life in prison. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is that Sheila Keen Warren still claims that she's innocent, but she was offered a plea deal from the district attorney and she took it. Now, the deal in question would have called for a 12 year sentence. However, Sheila already spent six years behind bars awaiting trial. Also, Florida law in 1990 allowed for a significant amount of time off for good behavior. So because of this, Sheila Keen Warren's lawyers believe that she'll be released within 10 months. Holy cow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I don't know if you remember, but a couple of weeks back, we did a short on time episode called Justice for Lisa about the murder of Lisa Halstead. Mm -hmm. She was a single mother who had gotten to an argument with her boyfriend, got out of the car at the intersection, and then was found like 12 hours later, raped and murdered. Yeah. And in that case, her killer was prosecuted decades later. But that was the case that we were talking about where the sentence was tied to what the sentence would have been at the time of the crime. Yeah. Which is what they're doing here in this case. Exactly. It's like, hey, in 1990, this could have potentially been, you know, a sentence with a plea deal. And then there was a lot of time off for good behavior allowed. So, you know, with what you've served already, looking at it as if it were 1990, you know, most likely it'll be out no later than a year tops, which I'm sure for Sheila, whether she did it or not, she's probably like, yeah, I'll take that deal. Like, it's either life in prison. I don't know. I wouldn't want to gamble that, you know? Yeah, I think they, I mean, like she must have, they must have just been trying to talk her into this plea deal. And maybe that's why she never backed out and stayed in prison. Yeah. And from what I understand and going through, it seemed like it was getting harder and harder for the DA to make the case. Because again, in 1990, you've got to track down all these witnesses again. And remember a story from 30 something years, 33 years ago. Right. So it's, you know, hey, we can officially charge her. She will be a felon. She's, you know, pled guilty to murder. Like she owns this charge. So for them, it's got to be a win because they're like, yep, we, we've found her killer. Her killer has been found guilty. And then for Sheila, she's like, I'm, you know, okay, I got what a year tops and then I'm out. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation to be in. Now, I don't know if you remember in the story, but on the day that Marlene was murdered, she was home making pancakes for her son, Joseph and his friends. Now at the time of his mother's murder, Joseph was 21 years old. Now he is in his fifties and he watched the proceedings online. And when he was asked, his only words to the court and to Sheila were, may God be with you. David Ehrenberg, the Palm Beach district attorney, said that the plea deal obtained a measure of justice for Marlene. In his words, Sheila Keen Warren has finally been forced to admit that she was the one who dressed as a clown and took the life of an innocent victim. She will be a convicted murderer for the rest of her days. Now, what I find really interesting, and we spent a lot of time talking about this when we first talked about this case, Marlene's husband and Sheila's current husband, Mike Warren, has still faced no charges in the murder of his late wife. Wow. I saw all these and I just did not think that this is what was going to happen. Like I had no idea she would be getting out soon. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know if you remember, but Mike was like, I was away with some buddies. We were going to a, a racetrack to watch the horses race. Mm hmm. 
And that's why they thought, okay, like this is your alibi. You're protecting yourself from being out of town. You have your mistress do it. It's just, it's crazy. Are Mike and Sheila still married? I believe so. I believe they are still married. I haven't seen anything about them getting any kind of divorce or anything of that nature. I'd be interested to see like how that all pans out if she gets out in 10 months. So we might have to do another one. Yeah, we may have to maybe do a part three. But, you know, what are you thinking? We just went through it. I mean, it seemed like you were a little surprised by it. Like, talk to me where you're at. What you thinking about it? It just amazes me that they're going to let a convicted murderer out in just like 10 months. Like, she's not that old. What is she, like 59? Yeah, she's 59 years old. So there's not a huge age difference between... Her and the son. Yeah, Joseph Marlene's son. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I'm interested to see if Sheila and Mike are still together. I mean... Surely the son doesn't talk to the dad anymore. And I just, I don't know. I don't think she should be out. I get that they're charging her like she would have been charged back in 1990. But I just feel like she killed somebody. And y'all are letting her walk free here shortly. Yeah. And sometimes what really kind of blows my mind is that in cases like these, where it has been so many years, it is we have to take the win that we can get. You know what I mean? Because you can Mm -hmm. say, hey, I'm going to take it to trial, but I'm sure it's just as much of a gamble for the district attorney as it is for Sheila. Because it's like, hey, we've got this evidence. We're really hoping that we can convict a jury of 12 people to be like, yes, we're guilty, life in prison. But if there's one person and your evidence isn't that strong. They walk scot-free. Right. And by having her take the plea deal and confess to it. And I will say this. I think based on the evidence that we looked at and like the way that we broke down the case in episode 40, I definitely think she's guilty. Mm-hmm. Even though she's saying that she's innocent now, I think if you're a district attorney, if she takes the plea deal and she enters that guilty plea, then my case is closed. I have a definite, you killed her, you admitted to it, it's shut now, you know? And so I don't know if it's just, you know, you take the win that you can get, but I do, I'm like with you where I'm like, man, like if I ever commit a crime, I really hope I don't get caught until like 20 years later. Cause apparently that's like the way to do it. It just seems crazy yeah. that you would sentence somebody based on the time that they committed the crime and not the time that they're prosecuted. And I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. And I hope she's learned her lesson, but I feel like there's too many stories where they have been committed to the system for so many years that they have a hard time adapting and some of them even repeat their same offenses. So I just hope that this isn't a case that goes down that way. Yeah, it's also crazy to me to think about the fact that like from 1990 till 2017, she was like, I got away with it. You know, like you're out there living your best life. You're opening restaurants with your new husband and you're living a good life. Yeah. 24 years. Yeah. Like you're living your best life and then they finally get you. You know what I mean? Just thinking about like the shock that that has to be, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's crazy. But if we're talking deadbolt tests, I know we covered this story before, you know, really what this comes down to is a husband having his wife murdered and mistress and things of that nature. Where does this fall on your deadbolt test if you're reflecting on the whole thing? I think I'm going to check my locks tonight. I'm going to put it at an eight. Okay. Tell me why. I'm going to double bolt them in 10 months (laughs) because there's going to be a murderer on the loose. Yeah. She gets out and goes to a costume shop. I'm going to be very upset. I need her to not listen to our podcast. Uh, Whatever. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) anyways i'm gonna put it on an eight this is creepy this is just like a random person yes they were having an affair or she was the the mistress but she was convinced enough to kill someone for someone like she was bound and able to do it again yeah you know i'm gonna i think i don't remember what i 
put it at originally. I probably should have went back and listened, but I would guess knowing me that I probably put it higher because of the fact that it's like when it's a spouse killing the spouses and the kids get you. They do. So I don't know. I'd probably put this at a six or a seven just because and not just, you know, based on what we're covering today. Like, I'm not really worried about her getting out. I think the chances of her reoffending are probably statistically pretty low, but it's still the case in full where it's like, I am so into this person that they want me to kill their spouse. And I'm like on board to the point where I'll dress up as a clown like that creeps me out. So I'm, I'm going to put it at a seven. I'll come in a little bit below you. Those kind of people kill again, John. Yeah, I don't know. Listen to what you just said. Play it back in your head. Yeah, but they're married now. Like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know. They've lived a separate lives for however many years. I guess. I mean, I guess it hasn't been that long, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess my thing is, is that other than murdering Marlene Warren, that happened in 1990. As far as we know, she hasn't killed anybody else since 2017 or uh, up until she was arrested in 2017. So I mean, maybe she's she's going to be on the mer- the women who kill or the wives who kill. And there a show about that. Yeah. Maybe she'll just get out. She's like, ah, I've been in jail for six years. I got the itch. I got to go yeah. <laughs> paint my face and get a red nose. So, <laughs> Bozo's not playing. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's a crazy story. And it is nice, you know, because I remember going through it. And I was like, we're going to have to do an update on this because like we have to know how this ends. And this is, I feel like our first short on time that actually has like a, Hey, here's the update. This is how everything wrapped up. So I was excited to do it. Well, it was good. She's going to be your friendly neighbor at the Walgreens buying her red nose for red nose day. (laughs) Right. Just wait. I think she's moving close to Nashville. I hope not. They did. Their restaurant was on the border of Tennessee though. I do remember that from the original one. Mm -hmm. All right, John, I'm short on time. I got to get to getting. Well, a clown came knocking, a clown came confessing. Olivia is putting this at an eight. I'm putting it at a seven. But as always, we want to know, where does Sheila Keen Warren fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check the Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check the Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you, interact with you. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Check the Locks. You can get signed up today. We have a lot of great benefits, a lot of great tiers exclusive stickers, coffee mugs, t-shirts, all sorts of stuff just for being a patron, including ad-free episodes that drop the evening before. So if you like the show, but you hate ads and you want to hear a little bit earlier, that is a great way to do it. And if you just want to help us out, throw us a couple bones every month. Hey, we'll take that too. If you cannot financially support us, that definitely makes sense. We completely understand. Just listening to the show Hanging out with us and sharing what we do with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're listening, you're hanging out, interacting with us in the Facebook group, and you're letting people know about what we do. Just know that from the bottom of our hearts, we cannot say thank you enough. That helps us to grow our audience, our community, get out in front of new people, things of that nature. So again, truly, truly appreciate it. That is all that we have for this week's case, but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with a brand new, truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks. See you next week. I'm out.